When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is Dan Lobby. Welcome to a bonus edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I've got Mary Kay Cabot and Doug Lay Maurice here, and we are going to preview the NFL playoffs, which start on Saturday with Super Wild Card Weekend. Um, it starts with uh, first game up is the Niners and the Seahawks, and you got Chargers, Jags. Sunday, you've got Dolphins, Bills. Giants, Vikings, Ravens, Bengals, and then the Monday Nighter is the Cowboys and the Bucks. So we are going to preview all of those games. We're going to make our picks for the weekend. We're going to make our Super Bowl picks here. We haven't done that on the podcast yet. Uh, so that's all coming up here on this quick little bonus edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. But before we do that, I've been thinking about something on the AFC side of things. And we touched on this a little bit in our roundtable pod that went up on Friday morning about Deshaun Watson's legacy. And I was sort of thinking about these AFC playoffs. Are are these like legacy playoffs in the AFC all of a sudden? I was thinking about this. So, Mary Kay, when you look at it, you've got Josh Allen, right? Mm-hmm. They came in as the, as the favorite this season, and he's got a chance to kind of get over that hump and get his team to the Super Bowl and maybe win it. And if he doesn't, do people maybe start to wonder about Josh Allen for Patrick Mahomes got his chance to go to a third Super Bowl and maybe win a second. And I think if that happens, you start to wonder like 10 years from now, are we talking about Patrick Mahomes as the greatest quarterback of all time? If he gets a few more Joe Burrow, one of our favorites here on this podcast, right? Got to the Super Bowl last year. If he goes and wins one, he might be looking at a $300 million contract and cementing himself in that discussion with Patrick and Josh. I I think he's already in there, but you know, you go to a Super Bowl and you win one, it changes you. I feel like even Justin Herbert, we can make a case. Like he's sort of been the guy in the background who's never done anything in the playoffs. There's an interesting case here for all of these quarterbacks. And it's why I think we might be looking at, at some legacy playoffs here in the AFC all of a sudden. You know, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. This is a renaissance that we're in the midst of uh, in terms of quarterbacks. I mean, when's the last time uh, we had a quarterback group quite like this? Uh, It's pretty incredible. And and I do think that these games could uh, be legacy makers or breakers. So I do think there's a lot to be said for that. Now, Josh Allen... You know, I mean, I think he has cemented his his status as one of the better quarterbacks that, you know, that we've seen in years and years. I don't know if not being able to get past Patrick Mahomes is going to tarnish that legacy. Uh, He just so happened to run into a time where, you know, it was like the Browns trying to get past John Elway. Uh, You know, you just there, you know, it's just this really, really heightened period in quarterback play. And it's going to be hard for anybody, uh, you know, to get to the top of the mountain, but um, certainly so many great storylines and so many great quarterbacks. Doug, am I overstating it? Is there, I I just feel like there's this legacy factor this year that, that we're going to be talking about each of these quarterbacks. Not that we're going to say they aren't any good or they aren't among the best in the league, but there's a chance we're talking about each of these quarterbacks very differently this offseason based on what happens over the next three or four weeks. I think it's just going to be ongoing, though, right? I don't – is it is it going to be any different next year other than maybe the Browns hope that Deshaun Watson and the Browns are in this mix in the playoff next year? And then, you know, we don't know – what the status, it doesn't seem like Lamar Jackson's going to play this week, but you know, you throw that guy in the mix. I just, I, I agree with you, Dan, but I don't, 
I feel this is this is just like the Fast and the Furious movies, which I don't watch. I don't know if you guys watch the Fast and the Furious movies. I don't approve of driving your car that fast. But like there's times when you have like, oh, this is a really good one in the series, but there's always going to be another one, right? There's always going to be another James Bond movie. There's always going to be some new Marvel character that nobody ever heard of who gets their standalone movie. So I sort of feel like, I don't know, these are like Marvel characters. Oh, you want to do that? Well, I'll do that on a later pod. Which Marvel character is each AFC quarterback? But so it's part of the legacy, Dan. But, you know, if Joe Burrow beats Josh Allen, then we're going to be back next year being like, oh, man, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow in the playoffs. That's going to be crazy. Or if Justin Herbert knocks off Patrick Mahomes, it's going to be like, oh, my gosh, Patrick Mahomes next year is going to get his revenge. Because I don't. And we got to throw in our teal and black friend, Trevor Lawrence. I don't think these guys are going anywhere. Right? Are these guys uh, is is anything going to change in the next five years that's not going to have us back talking about these same players in these same situations at this time of the season? Yeah, maybe a year from now we're doing this podcast and we're saying the and, and I'm saying the exact same thing. Like the, these are this is the legacy, the legacy playoffs. Mary Kay, you mentioned the the John Elway piece of it and I think it's interesting right like we talk about obviously Bernie Kosar is beloved in Cleveland right but Bernie Kosar is talked about differently if he just wins one of those AFC championship games and even John Elway right he had to fight against this like his legacy was sort of cemented when he won those two at the very end of his career and he was sort of he was not the John Elway that he was in the 80s but that sort of cemented his career. It took him to a different level in a weird way. Peyton Manning, for the longest time, couldn't win the big one. And then he finally got one. And then he got that one at the end in Denver when he was a shell of himself. But it's still, it's, it's just how we talk about this position. And, you know, with a guy like Josh Allen, it is, it, it's not quite to that point yet. But if we go a couple more years, it's kind of like, all right, Josh. You, you know, you, you got to go win one. I mean, that's sometimes it's unfair, but that is how we talk about these guys. Yeah. It's, and it's so hard. It's so hard because think about, uh, you know, any good quarterbacks that have tried to have to get past Tom Brady, uh, you know, during his heyday of, of, of winning Super Bowls. It's incredibly difficult when you have somebody in the way who is just that amazing. And and that's the way that's what's facing Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and Deshaun Watson and and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they they have to try uh, to beat some of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game right now in the history of the game. Uh, This is one of the best QB periods I can ever remember. And um, but and I do think that it does impact your legacy. You you know, you have to be winning Super Bowls when we talk when we sit in the Hall of Fame selection meeting, it's, oh, well, did you win two Super Bowls, right? I mean, that makes a difference. It makes a huge difference in your legacy. So, you know, those guys, these really excellent quarterbacks have just, you know, they all landed here at the same time where not really one of them is going to have the opportunity to just carry a five-year period because they all are here at the same time. And it's, it's going to be hard to, to put your stamp on the NFL and to cement your legacy in, in this time frame. And, you know, Doug, look, if Trevor Lawrence just comes out and beats everybody, I guess what was the point? <laughs> what was the point of all this? Maybe this is, maybe the story of these playoffs is the Trevor Lawrence takeover. Well, but I mean, if Trevor Lawrence comes out and does that, then now he's right in the mix with all those guys. This guy's number one pick in the draft. He's one of the best college quarterbacks of the last decade that Trevor Lawrence wants to be in this conversation with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. And I don't think it's unreasonable that he can be. So in year two, this is like a perfect, that Jags Chargers game is like a perfect sort of undercard to the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals is kind of the big three here. Like who who's gonna be who who gets to be that fourth team to to be in um the the conference semifinals and and hang with the big boys? Is it gonna be Justin Herbert or is it gonna be Trevor Lawrence? But I don't I think Trevor Lawrence is not there yet because last year was a mess with Urban Meyer there and now they kind of barely squeaked in in a bad division. But 
I think Trevor Lawrence can be in this conversation for the next five to seven years at his peak. Okay, my next question here is as we get into our picks and stuff, um, I think it's interesting because we just talked about the quarterbacks on the AFC side. On the NFC side, there's a lot of buzz building for the San Francisco 49ers. It's been happening for a little while. Uh, you know, as Jalen Hurts got injured. Um, and I think that's an interesting discussion because I think that's being driven by the person on the sidelines. We don't talk about the guys on the sidelines as much in the AFC because we're so busy talking about the quarterbacks. We, we sort of talk about the guys on the sidelines second, right? We talk about Patrick Mahomes first, but then we talk about, man, Andy Reid is a genius. So I'm curious with each of you as, as we get into these picks, what is the most important factor as you make your picks? And I think it probably comes down to one of two things, quarterback and coach. So, so Doug, when you kind of look at this stuff, and I'm talking about your long-term Super Bowl pick, not just your pick this week, what what is the most important factor to you? I do think quarterback is the most important. And if your quarterback's Brock Purdy, or if your quarterback is not one of these elite, can kind of win a game by himself kind of guys, do you have an unbelievable defense? And I think if you have an unbelievable defense – that can counterbalance not having a quarterback who can win a game by himself. So I do the Niners thread that needle that, you know, you get a Nick Bosa and what those guys do getting after the quarterback. And then it's like, okay, well then, you know, I mean, it's the same, it's the Trent Dilfer version of, right. I guess it's more than 20 years ago. Now the Ravens won a Super Bowl that way, but we know what that version looks like. And then if you have an offensive play caller who you feel like can maximize what the, what their guys do and can put that quarterback in the best situation, you know, the 49ers are what Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski go to bed at night, putting their heads on the pillows. As much as we think, listen, they got to Sean Watson so they could be a Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow type team be in that conversation. There's a, there's a version of the Browns, even like this year that would have looked like the 49ers, like dominant defense and then some playmakers on offense and a quarterback who just makes sure that you get the ball to the right guys and don't screw it up. And, you know, I don't, I don't think it would have been impossible for the Browns to do a version of what the Niners did this year, except Kevin Stefanski's not Kyle Shanahan. So the Niners thread the needle of what you have to be if you don't have a all world quarterback, I think. Mary Kay, what are the factors you look at and and what's your top? What's the top thing you look at? The top thing I always look at is quarterback. That is always the top thing that I look at. I mean, traditionally, obviously, if you go back and look at who wins uh, the Super Bowls, it is the, um, you know, it's it's the best quarterback or it's this amazing quarterback duel. So I I do always look at that. But, you know, I, I do think that, you know, Doug makes a great point. I mean, you can overcome some of that you can overcome it with great play calling and an excellent dominant dominant defense you can do that so um so it'll be interesting to see how this particular uh cycle works out with these playoffs uh with these particular quarterbacks some of them being injured with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady you know not being you know Aaron not being there Tom not being himself necessarily, or the quarterback we've been used to seeing. Um, but generally it is the quarterback. Um, so I'm, I'm going to stick with that, but I mean, there, there are caveats to that, but that's for me, the number one. Okay. Let's take a break and then we're going to come back and we're going to get into some picks. We're going to make our weekend picks and we're going to make our Super Bowl participant and winner picks on the other side here on the orange Brown talk podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
and welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Um, we're going to get into picks this weekend. We're going to get into our Super Bowl picks. If you are a Football Insider subscriber, I give you a little preview of, of some of the things I like this weekend in our newsletter that, that showed up in your inbox this morning. If you're not, go to cleveland.com slash browns, click the blue banner at the top of the page, get info, get signed up, you get that newsletter, you get exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns, and you can become one of our text subscribers as well. So uh, I want to I want to tell you guys something. This is why I'm so bad at this, right? This is why I, I should never... This is why, yeah, I'm just bad at this. So last week, I do this three things to watch post every every week, and I, there was just there was nothing in this Steelers game we didn't already know. So I'm like, I'm I'm going to pick three prop bets that I really like in this game. So these are the three prop bets that I picked, and I did like some real research on this. Kenny Pickett under one and a half passing touchdowns, which you know that one hit right. Deshaun Watson over two hundred and eight two hundred eight and a half passing yards. That one hit too. First quarter under seven and a half points. That one hit. But the caveat here is, do you think I actually did anything with those, Doug? No. I just put them in a post and forgot about them. What? Didn't, didn't do anything. You're, didn't touch them. You're didn't making use any money of the, for other people. Didn't I put hope any anyone of, else listened. Now here's the here's the painful part. I didn't put any of that free money that they're, they're just throwing at us on any of those. The one that I did was Najee Harris' first touchdown score, which I kind of hid in the post. I'm like, eh, you know, if you're interested, you know, this is kind of an interesting little little bet. And I'm like, eh, you know what? I'll do that one. And, of course, we all know what happened with Najee Harris' first touchdown score because Mike Tomlin kept that red challenge flag in his pocket uh, and didn't throw it. Wow. wow. So I'm bad don't at gamble. Don't I might be Only gamble with their free bets. Right. Yeah, don't gamble I, with their I might be good at telling people what to do, but I'm really bad at actually doing it myself. So, anyway, that was that was my week last week. Can I interrupt one thing? Because I want to ask you guys a little trivia question. Maybe you, you know this for sure. Do you know how many games the Browns won against playoff teams this year? Um, I didn't. I haven't I, looked that up per I, se. Without looking it up, I'll tell without you in five seconds. Did, did, yeah, two. just off the top of your head. None. Oh, they beat Baltimore. So oh, it's okay. got to be at least one. I'm going to say three. three. So they beat Baltimore once. They beat Cincinnati once. Oh, and right. they beat Tampa. The comeback win against <laughs> right. Tampa. So they were, just as a point of reference, they were three and five against playoff teams this season. And they were four and five against non-playoff teams this season. So just a little note. Can I tell you three things I like this weekend? Is that, sure. Is that, okay. So... And again, done done some research on this. That's why I don't have, it takes too long to do research. So I only have like a few things here. So the first thing I like is George Kittle on Saturday as an anytime touchdown scorer. And here's why. Seattle has allowed eight touchdowns to tight ends. That's the seventh most in the league and the second most yardage to tight ends. And since Brock Purdy, Doug's guy, since Brock Purdy took over in week 13, Seven touchdown catches for George Kittle, all in the last four weeks, and he had two against Seattle in week 15. That's not bad, Doug. If you look around, you find good odds on that, shop it around a little bit. feels like George Kittle is an anytime touchdown scorer, is, is, is a solid choice. No, because right, he was, I think, frustrating fantasy owners for long stretches this year, and then now he's kind of back to being George Kittle and... um no, I think – I mean, Seattle's defense is bad. I think there's a lot of opportunity. As much as we talked about, like, hey, the Niners, we obviously know don't have that all-world quarterback. Seattle's defense kind of gives it up. So I do think there's opportunities with George Kittle and, you know, Christian McCaffrey is kind of an obvious guy. You're not going to get great odds, I think, on anything related to Christian McCaffrey. So I think you can go searching for non-McCaffrey stuff with the Niners. Debo Samuel is like a guy that – sort of burst on the scene right a couple of years ago in the playoffs. And statistically, I mean, I think he only had like 650 receiving yards this year, but he's always a guy that like is on the edge, I think, of going off potentially. Um, and then Brandon Ayuk had a really good year. So, but I, but I think if you can find some non-McCaffrey 49ers bets in the playoffs offensively, I think you, you might be in good shape. Okay, there's also two first quarter bets that I like. Uh, the first one is also in this game. Um, I like... 
San Francisco over half a touchdown in the first quarter. Uh, they did it in week for week 15. It was Purdy to Kittle, and they've scored five first quarter touchdowns in Brock Purdy games, including in the last two weeks. So that's an interesting one. And then the Bills, there's not a lot of value on the Bills this week, but Bills minus three and a half in the first quarter. Uh, first quarter touchdowns in 11 games. They have a dynamic returner. We saw that last week. And here, this was interesting. Miami has not scored in the first quarter of a game this season when Tua was not their starting quarterback. Mm. So games started by Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater. They have not scored in the first quarter. So you would need a Bills touchdown, Mary Kay, for this to hit. Or I guess you'd need two Bills field goals. And that, you know, that's not always a given in the first quarter of games. But um, the Bills are a team that I think could come out and start fast. They're playing with so much emotion right now. And again, we saw it last week. This is a team that has all the potential to just come out and start really fast in this game. Yeah, and I think they will. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think they are going to score a touchdown in the first, first quarter uh, of this game. There's almost no doubt in my mind. I think they're going to start fast. As you mentioned, they're, you know, they're a team of emotion right now. They've got so much to play for. I still think they're, they're going to be able to carry that through um, the playoffs to a certain extent. I think they're going to they – they had the, uh, the touchdown on the opening kickoff last week. So uh, – and it almost felt, you know, magical to them. I still think they're they're riding high on that kind of emotion. I think they're going to come out strong, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a touchdown in the first first quarter. And you know, look at some point. I don't know if it's this week. I don't know when it is. At some point, Demar Hamlin is going to be at one of these games or something, or mm-hmm. there's going to be a video message or something. And it's just like it's just going to really supercharge. Um, what, whatever emotions the, the Bills are feeling. I, th- I think this is a fast starting team for sure. Doug, there was one that I, I think you mentioned on the podcast yesterday. I know there was one that you liked. So one that I liked for Saturday, and I was just double checking it. You can do a Bosa parlay on Saturday because the, uh, the Chargers are, no, the Niners are the first game and the Chargers are the second game, right? So if you did a money line Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa parlay, it's plus 106 right now, just Chargers and Niners to win. And if you did it actually with the spread, again, I think the Niners are favored by nine and a half and the Chargers are favored by like two. I think you're getting closer to two and a half or three to one odds. But if you just want to play it safe, I just want them to, I just get them to win. It's, you know, the Niners especially are a pretty heavy favorite. I think Joey Bosa being back for the Chargers obviously is a huge deal. He missed most of the year. And Nick Bosa is like the defensive player of the year. So not everybody listening to this is Ohio State fans, but I think you can just also play it. I think sometimes when you get into the playoffs, right, maybe you want to have like what you do on Saturday and what you do on Sunday with this stuff so you don't have to wait overnight if you're going to figure stuff out. So I think sometimes, you know, that Niners game is tough because you're worried about maybe a backdoor something or other from the Seahawks. So just take them on the money line just to straight up win and you'll still get plus odds. So Bosa Parlay is, is, is on my radar. Is there like another Bosa out there somewhere that the Browns could bring in to just pair with? No. Is there like a, even if it's somebody who's like 14 or There's somebody not, I mean, like, who's like visited the Bosa's house regularly as a child, someone like that? There was a, wait, who's the one guy? There's a, he was a, there's a cousin who is, is tight end with the Packers. If you could like change, I, I can't think of his name right. It's Kumaro, right? Yeah. Oh, cause right. Yeah. The, the Kumaro tight end for the, cause there, people know this story, right? Eric Kumaro's defensive end at Ohio State. He gets drafted by the Miami Dolphins in the first round, and he's a defensive end. And then the next year, I can't remember what order it was. The next year, the Dolphins draft another defensive end in the first round by the name of John Bosa. And then John Bosa marries Eric Kumaro's sister, who is Cheryl Kumaro, who would then become Cheryl Bosa. And then they have two sons. So these are two defensive ends whose father and uncle were both first-round defensive end picks. And then their cousin is a tight end for the Packers. So the Browns can get that guy, go get him from the Packers, and make him into a defensive end. But there is not another brother. But it's like, I mean, if it's like, I mean, nobody has ever been made to be defensive ends more than the Boses were made to be defensive ends. So like a, a neighbor? somebody, Just someone who's been like Bosa adjacent. Yeah, like the ragamuffin down the street who just used to come around and the cousin Oliver used to come around and hang out. And by the way, 
John Bosa was giving him secret pass rush lessons in the backyard. Yeah, I'll double check. I'll double check. If I'll, whatever. I mean, thing of it is, the Browns have a Bosa. His name is Miles Garrett. They just start, That's don't true. That anything true. with him. I mean, it's like, what? That's the thing with the Niners. Why I'm like, if, when you look at the Niners, now the, the, the Niners have Fred Warner at linebacker. And if the Browns had Fred Warner at linebacker, Andrew Barry would be running around in the street throwing confetti in the air because they don't have a guy like that at linebacker, especially a healthy one. But when you look at like Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Debo Samuel, Amari Cooper, George Kittle, David Njoku, Jacoby Brissett, Brock Purdy, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett. Like, it's like, okay, I don't know. There's like a lot. There's a lot of things in the Niners were four and three at one point before they got hot. So there was that like inflection point where like the Browns were struggling and the Niners were struggling. The Browns were struggling more. And then the Niners got it together with a rookie quarterback. And I don't see a ton of why the Browns could not have done something similar. Right. I don't. Right. I don't know. David and Joku, they're paying him all this money. All right. He's not George Kittle, but. He shouldn't be that far away from George Kittle, should he? So anyway, I just keep thinking about the Niners in context of the Browns. And then if you think if you think the Browns' defense at its best can be 80% of the Niners' defense, and then, by the way, you think Deshaun Watson can be 80% of Patrick Mahomes, then we better be on this podcast a year from now talking about the Browns as at least the three seed in the AFC playoffs and whether or not they can win the Super Bowl. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to interject Browns' discussion in this playoff show. Well, look, it is what we, this is orange and brown talk. This is not teal and black talk or whatever other colors we have in this, in these playoffs. Pewter, um, now pewter. Uh, yeah. Pew, yeah. Pewter and gold talk yeah. podcast. Uh, I feel like, I feel like the 49ers, there's probably like 50 49ers podcasts out there because you're in the Bay area. I think everybody in, I, th- I think everybody in California just has a podcast. Just <laughs> They just have, they're giving it. At like five years old, they're like, here's your podcast. Yeah. And there it is. They're all about like how to how to make a how to do a startup, like eating vegan or the Niners. <laughs> right. They, have, just... <laughs> they all own a company and they all have a podcast. That's yeah. that's just how that's how it is. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Mary Kay, I don't know if you had a prop bet. If you didn't, we can get right into picks here. Um, yeah, I have a prop bet. Um it's Tom Brady under 28.5 completions. Ooh, a Tom Brady under. And I th- I'm thinking under on that. I'm thinking under on that. Um, that's interesting. That's, right? I mean, that seems high. So I'm, I'm looking now to see. Um, yeah, it's been sort of hit and miss. And like last week he had 13. I mean, are they really going to throw the ball as much as they have been this year? Like, they've been throwing it 45, 50. I don't know. I don't know if they can win throwing the ball that many times. Uh, AB against Dallas, but you got Micah Parsons out there. They got they got to get playoff Lenny going. Before last I, I week's know. That's game, tough. before last week's game, Brady completed more than 30 passes in five consecutive starts, averaging... 312 yards and 49.1 pass attempts. So you're thinking he won't be able to do that against the Dallas defense is what you're saying? Yes. He attempted 27 passes in his first matchup. Attempted 27 in his first matchup against Dallas. Leading to 212 yards, one touchdown, two sacks. But I'm still going to go under on this. I would go under on this. So I guess I don't want to – is there not – it's not going to be chalk, right? We're not going to get six favorites winning this weekend probably, right? So which underdog do you like? And I might like Tampa as my underdog. And I think if Tampa's going to beat Dallas, they're Tampa's plus two and a half – I think they do it with Tom Brady, bing, bang, boom, right? Mm-hmm. Short passing game, get Mike Evans going. I think that's their version of how they win that game. And if you're looking for looking for an upset, I might that might be where I look. So that so then I might I might go over that number. What's what's interesting though is the under is the favorite. The under is minus one thirty and the over is plus one hundred. 
So it appears the DraftKings agrees with Mary Kay on this, that they that they think it's an under for some reason. And I just, but you're right. Like there's going to be, I mean, who are the three? There's three teams, right? If you're going to pick an underdog, there's three teams you're looking at. You're looking at the the Bucks. You're looking at the Charger. I'm not the Charger. You're looking at the Jaguars. And you're looking at the Giants. Yeah, all those games are field goal games. Right. So you think one of those three teams is going to steal a win. If, if you know, nobody's nobody's thinking Miami. I don't think anybody's thinking Seattle. Um, so it's, it's kind of those other three that, that you're looking at. And then the other at. one's Baltimore. Yes. Baltimore yes. against Cincinnati. And, like, Lamar has not practiced all week. I don't – Mary Kay, you can't not – he hasn't practiced in a month. He's not going to miraculously show up. In, the, in this game right after not practicing, right? I don't think so. I, I really don't think so. Did did he say, what was his post on social media? Did he say he was, did he rule himself out? He didn't specify, okay. but he just said he's still dealing so. with a swollen knee, um, a, a PCL sprain, I think it, it is. Um, I was just looking up Dallas. There's still team. inflammation surrounding my knee. Yeah, I've suffered a PCL grade two sprain on the borderline of a strain three. Yeah, so, so. that that's a pretty significant sprain. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm 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 going to say this about this this prop. I've been putting some thought into it, Mary Kay. They're they're begging people to take the over, right? Putting that at plus one hundred. Oh, I'll take the over. Tom Brady's going to do this easy, right? Yeah, I think you might. I think you might be onto something here. And I hate I hate I hate going against Tom, but. You might be onto something. Well, Dallas has the eighth ranked pass defense in the NFL as well. So I think that's significant. And we'll be back on the Orange or Brown Talk podcast with our picks. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Orange or Brown Talk podcast. We're quick before we get to picks. Uh, I want to jump in and mention a few notes. So between the time when we hit stop on this recording and when you're actually hearing this, there were two pieces of news they came out. The first is that Mike Williams has a fracture in his back and is going to be out for a little while. Uh, we talk a little bit. I think I cut out some Mike Williams stuff in here, but we talk a lot about the Chargers uh, and, and some things like that. So we were not aware of the extent of Mike Williams injury when we were discussing the Chargers on this podcast. And the other piece of news, uh, the Ravens did officially rule out Lamar Jackson. We didn't know that at the time. Snoop Huntley, Tyler Huntley is questionable. Uh, he was a full participant, but this is information we didn't have at the time when we made these picks. So that's all. Just a heads up as we get into the picks. Back to the podcast. Let's go through these games real quick. Let's make our picks. Who we think will win? If uh, also, if you think a team is going to cover, so let me get my uh, let me get back to the page here with the games, and we will just go right in order. So we'll start with Seattle at San Francisco. Uh, Saturday, four thirty-five. Seattle on DraftKings right now, nine and a half point underdogs Doug what have you got in this game yeah I have San Francisco big I think you can do a lot of things here with San Francisco I I guess maybe you're a little afraid of a backdoor cover or something on this but uh, Seattle peaked early the Niners are headed in the right direction I think I'm probably on the bandwagon with a lot of people thinking they might get to the Super Bowl so I don't think this is much of a game I, I think I agree with you I think this is probably San Francisco I think this is probably a cover Mary Kay what do you think I think San Francisco, but I don't think it's a cover. I think that's that's a big line to me. So I say they're going to win, not cover. Okay, second game of the day. The Chargers and the Jaguars in Jacksonville. It's 8-15. The Chargers are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Uh, full disclosure, again, we talk about that free money. I did go ahead and take a Chargers to win the AFC Future. Not that I think they actually will, and I would never have actually put real dollars on this, but yeah, the odds were good. They were the least least obvious of the big, what is it, the big four in the AFC. I don't think they're in that class of Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Buffalo, but you know, they're a team getting healthy. If they get hot, I could see them winning three games. Um, so Jacksonville, so I'm, I'm going to take the Chargers in this. I think the Chargers are the better team. I like what the Jaguars have done. I did see a tweet, I believe it was from Warren Sharp this week, that when you kind of look at the quarterbacks they played down the stretch, it wasn't incredible, but it doesn't matter. 
I think Doug Peterson is a fantastic coach. I think we've, we've witnessed that in real time this year. I, I think he's really good at what he does. And we saw what he did with Philadelphia a few years ago when they just completely remade that team around Nick Foles and they went and won a Super Bowl. Still, though, I think this Chargers team is better in a weird way, I just kind of trust the Chargers more, even though I very rarely trust the Chargers. So I'm going to take the Chargers to win this game. Um, and because the line is so low, I think they'll cover it too. Maybe maybe they win it by three, but that would be enough. Doug, what do you think? This defense getting healthy, I think, is a big deal. I think a lot of – I'm with you, Dan, of like uh, the Chargers generally is sort of an interesting medium shot to make the Super Bowl out of the AFC. I just – we've been dancing around with Justin Herbert – for since he got in the league about how good he is and maybe we're right on the precipice of the Justin Herbert explosion and and well I'll say it now like if they if they beat the Jaguars and get if it winds up being Chargers Chiefs in the next round the last 2 years the Chargers and the Chiefs the Chargers are 1 and 3 but their three losses are in overtime and two three point losses where they had the lead and the Chiefs had to come back I think the Chiefs know the Chargers aren't scared of the Chiefs. They can play white right with them. If someone's going to derail Kansas City, I think it is the Chargers. I think they would welcome that matchup. And so if if L.A. can get past this one, and I, and I think they would, I'll take the Chargers minus the points. I think it gets I think it could get very fun next week for that Chargers Chiefs game, if that's what we get. Yeah, Mary Kay, this is sort of the weird one, right? Like, again, the Chargers, the Jaguars are really the team that that you need to see them clear that hurdle. But yeah, I mean, if they get past this game, Doug's right. This team's not scared of the Chiefs. This team's this team seems to believe they can go in and beat anybody. Uh, who, who do you like in this game? You know, I'm I'm going to say the Chargers, and I think they're going to cover. I mean, they they won four out of their last five and six out of their last eight. So I think that shows that they got stronger, you know, as the season went along. Now they, they did lose to Denver in that final game, but I still think that, I don't know. I I'm a Justin Herbert fan and I do like Trevor Lawrence a lot too, but I don't know. I just feel like it's time for them, you know, to, to get over the hump and to, to prove themselves a little bit. So I'm going to, I'm going with the chargers and to cover. I still don't trust Brandon Staley. But yes, Chargers, it is. Uh, okay, moving to the Sunday games. Bills-Dolphins, the line on this is 13 and a half. The real question here is just do you think the Bills are going to win this game by two touchdowns? I don't like big lines. I, I wouldn't touch this game, even though I think the, I could certainly see the Bills winning this game by like 21, something like that, because two, two is not starting. Um, I, I just think this Dolphins team is a shell of the team that ran out early in the season. And, and of course we all saw what they did to the Browns uh, it, back in November. This is a shell of that football team right now, Doug. I think the bills win this game. I think they probably cover, but I, I just wouldn't, I would, I just don't like big lines like this in the NFL. I just don't like them. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not scared of the big line here, but I think it's the ESPN. Is it FPI? Some kind of power index. That's some kind of numerical thing. They have Miami as the lowest rated playoff team in that. They have Miami 28th in a 32 team league and they made the playoffs. And all year, Miami with two and without two is a different team. So it's like, well, why do you even care what they did when Tua was in the lineup than for this game, right? I don't, I, Miami's like bad. So I'm not, I, I would not be afraid of this. I think you could get a couple. And Seattle, like Seattle is not the team it was in the first half of the season. I think you have a couple games here where, I mean, I will not be surprised if Buffalo wins this 41 to 10 or something, that kind of thing. I mean, they'll call off the dogs at some point and keep guys fresh for next week. But I think I would take Bills minus the number here. I mean, Mary Kay, it was a year ago that the Bills beat the Patriots 47 to 17 in the opening round. So uh, we've seen this before. This team, like I said, they could just come out and they can absolutely stagger you and, and they don't let up. Yeah, I, I'm kind of feeling uh, that they're going to cover. I know I don't really love big lines either, um, especially, I mean, I just think in the playoffs, crazy things always happen. Um, but I just think that they are, you know, team emotion right now. And I think they're com- going to come out strong. And I, I think they're going to win big. 
Miami seems a mess. They're talking about firing, you know, they're talking about their head coach being on the hot seat now. So when when you have dysfunction like that heading into the playoffs, it's a recipe for disaster usually. And, and I do think we have to just adjust in the 17 playoff world. We just have to adjust like what it means to be a playoff team because there's like, oh, if you're in the playoffs, you must be good. It's like, man, they're letting a lot of people in now. You're not good. This is not, and this is not even the best team that was in the mix. If this was the Steelers, I'd be, it's like, okay, well, I don't know if Mike Tomlin's going to let this get away. They'll do this. TJ Watt will do that, right? But the Dolphins are just so lucky to be here. And they're like the lowest ebb of what the Dolphins were the whole year. So I actually think this is looking like a blowout. You guys talked me into it. I, I might I might like that cover now. All right, uh, Giants-Vikings. This is sort of, we've, we've gone favorites so far here uh, all along. The Giants are three-point uh, underdogs in this game in Minnesota. It's a 440 game, so of course we get to do the Kirk Cousins. It's not a one o'clock start uh, situation. Anybody like the Giants here? I think it's intriguing. I think Brian Dable's been really good. Uh, I think he's made Daniel Jones look like a competent quarterback. Um, Saquon Barkley is still, he's, he looks like Saquon Barkley and certainly has at times this year looked like the guy that was that high of a draft pick. I, you know, I look, I got to pick an upset here somewhere. I, and I, I don't think I'm going to do it on the Monday night game. So whatever, I'll just do it here. I'm going to take the giants plus the three here uh, to, to keep this game close to kind of get Minnesota feeling really tight, right? You keep that game close and all of a sudden that stadium, everybody gets a little nervous. Maybe Kirk cousins throws a couple of interceptions. The Vikings have felt like a little bit of a, of a fraud this year with their, their, they end with a negative point differential. Um, I don't know. I think Brian Dable, this is a well-coached team. We talked about coaching, right? This is a well-coached team that knows what they want to do. And yes, Minnesota did finish minus three uh, this, this year in point differential. Maybe this is the upset. So I'll take the Giants plus the three here, although I'm a little worried that's going to be a popular pick. I think it is a popular pick. I have a comparison here for the Vikings, and it's not only because they wear purple. But I think Minnesota is TCU. And TCU had played a bunch of close games during the regular season. People kind of thought they might be frauds. You're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And then they came out and beat Michigan in the college football playoff semifinal. And then they got their come up up against Georgia when it was like, okay, well, then that was never going to happen. I don't think the Giants are Georgia in this conversation. And these two teams basically played this game a month ago. Giants at Minnesota. 27-24, 27-24, Minnesota won it on a 61-yard field goal, like on the last play of the game. I think that's a version of this game again. And I know people like the Giants. The Giants in their last eight games are 2-5-1. and one. So they were good, they, right? They, they were winning games, and then they weren't winning games. And they somehow managed to hold on in kind of a weak NFC. So I do think this is going to be probably the most popular upset pick of the week. But I'm going to go, and by the way, they both have horns. Horned frogs and Vikings have horns. Oh, they're TCU. Sonny Dykes should come give the pregame speech to, to the Vikings before this game. So, yeah, I'll go with the fighting horned Vikings and, and, and take Minnesota minus the points here in what I expect to be a close game. But guess what? They've won a bunch of close games this year, and I think they'll win another one. Mary Kay, what do you like here? You know what? The, I like both head coaches, I'll tell you. And both head coaches were former Cleveland Browns assistants. So we kind of know them. But I mean, pretty much everybody in the NFL has been a Browns assistant at one point in their career. Uh, but I like both of these guys. And there's part of me that thinks that perhaps Brian Dayball is going to have something Belichickian up his sleeve for this game. Something unexpected and a little bit surprising. However... I like Kevin O'Connell too. I really, really like what he's done with the place. So I'm still going to go with, with the Vikings and I'm going to go with them to cover. I'm looking at this. There are a lot of Browns ties in these. So you've got San Francisco is coached by Kyle Shanahan. The Jaguars are coached by Doug Peterson who played quarterback for this team. The Dolphins, Mike McDaniel was on this staff. The Vikings, Kevin O'Connell 
was on. Dan, you better do this post. This is... better, I better see this. This post better be at Cleveland.com. <laughs> this is I unbelievable. Just... I can't believe. I can't believe that's, these connections. That's only going like head coach deep. Who knows? Like how how deep we go. Even look. Even Brandon Staley played. Didn't he grow up in like Perry or something? So like, yes. it's just all sorts of. Of, yes. uh, of ties here. All right, the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. We discussed this a little bit. Uh, likely no Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley has been on the practice field. He has been throwing, but his status, uh, at least as of this recording, still up in the air. The Bengals are nine and a half point favorites in this game. So I said I, I hate big lines, but Doug, I just feel like this Bengals team, even though their offensive line is banged up, and that's the one concern right now. They're they're starting to lose some offensive linemen. I've just felt all along, even after that slow start, that this Bengals team, once they got it figured out, they were going to roll. And we've seen that happen. They've started to roll. And I like the Bengals in this game. I like them to to cover, even against that good Ravens defense. I just feel like this is a team on a mission. And I I feel like this is just a, this is going to end up just being a speed bump before they get to the really, till they get to the big dogs. So I, I'm trying to. I was trying to look things up to make this a football argument. I'm not sure it's much of a football argument, but this is one of the things where in college football we've had like a lot of consternation about the idea of as in, in another year they're going to expand to a 12 team playoff of rematches, and you see rematches in conference title games right now. And what if Ohio State and Michigan play three times in one season coming up? And we're just going to have to get used to that in college football because it's the norm in the NFL. So these teams are division rivals. They know each other intimately. They don't like each other. They're the two best teams in this division, and they have to play this game against each other. And I agree. Again, like looking ahead, I think I like the Bengals against the Bills. I like that matchup for the Bengals. I think you could see what the Bengals were doing early in that game against the Bills before the DeMar Hamlin injury. But this mostly on weirdness and emotion and how I guess they're going to have to play Huntley, but at least it won't be Anthony Brown. This feels tricky for me to the Bengals because I think it's a division rival. They have a good defense. They're a well-coached team. They've also given some stuff up. We know the Ravens blew a bunch of leads this year. But I think the Bengals could look past them here. And last year, the Bengals did not have a ton of expectations, and they wound up being a team of destiny. And now they do have some expectations. And it just feels like sometimes you trip over your own expectations. I actually think the Chargers are in the Bengals spot from last year. Right. When we think about we thought Joe Burrow was good and then the playoffs came and it was like that was the beginning of Joe Burrow. I think that's where we could be with Justin Herbert on the Chargers. But now the Bengals, a lot of people are saying exactly what you're saying about the Bengals because that's what they look like. That's the football argument. And the non-football argument is Mike McDonald as a defensive coordinator now gets a third look at these guys, knows exactly what they do well, what they don't do well. They're going to make a game plan offensively to to run the ball like crazy. J.K. Dobbins, right? They got these guys. They got the run game back. Roquan Smith has revitalized this defense. And so I'm definitely scared of the big number. And if I'm searching for like a wild upset, this is where I land. So like, do I, would I pick the Ravens to win this game? Would I actually pick them? I don't know. I definitely take the eight and a half. And I might think about putting something on a money line because I just, this just feels like the the Bengals could look past this and the Ravens who've had a crazy year and have a quarterback who is hurt. And is he going to be there? I don't know. Might rise up here. So it's mostly emotion, but this is what happens when you play a division rival in round one of the playoffs. I think Mary Kay, I think those are fair arguments. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, the Cincinnati Bengals have lost one game since October 16th. Mm-hmm. And that one game was on Halloween to the Cleveland Browns. And even the canceled game against Buffalo, they were ahead 7-3 to three, uh, in, in that game. I just think this team is just rolling. I think they're confident. And here's the thing, because I think the division thing is interesting, and I think the you know playing a team for a third time is interesting. But the Bengals have spent this week kind of saying, eh, were the Ravens a little dirty on Sunday? They've sort of been getting themselves a little angry at the Ravens. I don't think this is a team you look past. All right, Mary Kay had to run here real quick because as we're recording, this is the life of, uh, of an NFL beat writer. Javion Clowney released a statement um, 
about the story that was uh, last week when he talked to Mary Kay Cabot. I'll just read it real quick before we get into these final picks. Uh, Just as a son and parent, I want to fully apologize to anyone I offended, specifically Miles Garrett and his family. My words in the locker room were not only taken out of context, but completely misrepresented. As a man, I have reached out to Miles specifically to apologize. I will continue to learn and grow as I move forward. I will just say uh, I don't believe he was taken out of context. Um, I don't believe that Mary Kay took him out of context. So, I mean, if you just say it, say it, but then you say it and then people get mad and then you're like, oh, wow. It's like, yeah, no, you did. You said it like he said it. So this isn't like a, it's not a war between the media and, and between Mary Kay and Jadavion Clowney, but like, just to be clear, like he said it. So, right. That's just the way it is. He said it and he meant what he said in that moment. If he, if he wants to say, you know what, upon reflection, I shouldn't have said it. I didn't. You know, I was mad or whatever, but like, it's not out of context, Jadavion, just so you know, it's not. So it's fine, but it's not. That part is not true. It's not out of context. Okay. Um, Last game here, Doug. Uh, We'll make this pick on our own. The Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks plus two and a half. So the Cowboys are the favorites here on the road in Tampa. Uh, I don't know if Mike McCarthy gets, I know Jared, Jerry Jones has come out and said that it's not going to be one game to determine Mike McCarthy's fate, but I don't know if he gets fired if the Cowboys lose in the wild card round again. Uh, maybe it depends on what Sean Payton wants to do, but this is sort of like that, that meme, like the guy, the guy with the stick poking something and it's the Dallas Cowboys. And it's like, guys, you, you know, do something here. It's a, it's time. You, you've got to go win some playoff games here at some point. Um, I think I like the Cowboys in this game, uh, minus two and a half against Tampa. I just don't trust this Bucks team. So I was trying to remember the time, that, like, it's not a, the, the Bucks are bad. The Bucks had like a bad regular season, right? So, so that we know, but, um, in 2010, the Seahawks made the playoffs as with a losing record and then won their first playoff game. They went in at seven and nine and won, won a playoff game. In 2020, Washington made the playoff with a losing record at seven and nine and played like a really um, tough opening round game against Tampa before losing 31 23. Like Tampa had a goofy regular season. And you, you think about the game they played in Cleveland, right? They just. Todd Bowles made terrible decisions and the Browns had a miracle comeback and Tampa did not look like a good football team, but there are just things here again of Tom Brady knows that you've known this was going to be the matchup forever. Cause you knew the South winner was going to be the worst division winner. And you knew the Cowboys were going to be the best wild card. And so you, you pretty much saw this four or five game coming for a month and I don't know. I think like this is the kind of game that the Cowboys lose, right? I mean, this is like, there's no reason for them to lose this. They're more talented top to bottom, except by the way, the Bucks have the greatest quarterback in NFL history who's old, but still has a little bit of that in him. So does Tom Brady have enough to lead a Super Bowl run? No. Does Tom Brady have enough to beat the often can't get out of their own way Cowboys in a first round playoff game? Yeah, I think he does. So I think I like this upset here as well you know i wouldn't put a million dollars on it but this just this is who the cowboys are too often is the team that goes and loses a game like this and so um i think tom brady is bing bang boom down the field and tampa wins this one yeah i said i don't trust tampa but honestly i don't know why i would trust the cowboys either so this is like the this is like the lack of trust game uh, right here. All right, before we go, let's do this real quick. So the odds to win the Super Bowl on DraftKings, Kansas City plus 350. They are the favorite. Buffalo plus 400. San Francisco, the NFC favorite, plus 500. Philly plus 550. Cincinnati plus 800. We can kind of stop there. Well, I will say Dallas is plus 1200. The Chargers are plus 2000. Uh, wow. Doug, who do you like? Who do you like to get there? Who do you like to win it? So I stated my case about like, could the Bengals look past the Ravens and get tripped up? I think Josh Allen has been inconsistent this year. I don't know that I think Josh Allen can play four high level games without making some killer mistakes. So I I don't like the bills. The chargers are a nice sort of roll the dice kind of pick, 
but I think in the AFC, you know, the, the team that I would trust to do it week after week after week is Kansas City. I and I but I would be on alert for that Chargers game against Kansas City. Like if Kansas City, you know, the Chargers are looming for them. So I think I like the Chiefs or the Chargers, but I'll 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 take the obvious pick and take the Chiefs. And then I do I do just think the Niners are are at this point the best team in the NFC, you know, from four and three to where they are now, the way they've played in the last third of the season, I think they've played better than the Eagles. And of course, Jalen Hurts was hurt. So in the end, I will pick the Niners against Kansas City. And this is one of those things. Then do I think like Patrick Mahomes is going to lose to Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl? No, I don't. So I would pick the Chiefs to beat the Niners. But I also would have some interest in a uh, this is a it's a Bosa Super Bowl, right? I'm playing the Bosa parlay on Saturday, but a Chargers 49ers Super Bowl, and then I would take the Niners to win that. So I'll either take the Chiefs. My official pick is Chiefs over the Niners, but my backup roll the dice pick is Niners over the Chargers. So that's where I'll land. Weird things happen in the Super Bowl. That's the thing, right? Like you get to the Super Bowl. And weird things happen. You know, I, I, met, I referenced that Eagles Super Bowl under Doug Peterson a few years ago. And I remember going into that game. It was like, oh, the Pats are going to roll in this game. This thing, this thing's over. And you heard that for two weeks. And then you get into this shootout and the Eagles win. And so that's the scenario where, like, you get Chiefs Niners and Brock Purdy ends up winning a Super Bowl. Because just weird things happen in this game, in that game. It's really hard. You got a long halftime. You got all this buildup. You're on the field forever before the game. It just changes everything. I kind of wish I would have gone first because I was going to pick the Chiefs too. <laughs> I mean, I just, we're all allowed to pick the Chiefs. That's, just, no one gets mad at that. I just feel like this team is... I don't know. There's just something about them. There's been some weeks where they've sort of played with their food a little bit and they, they probably played a closer game than they should have, like against the Texans or whatever. I just think Patrick Mahomes is playing at a whole nother level. He's probably going to win his second MVP award. I think he's the best quarterback in football. And, and I, I personally, I don't think that's debatable. Um, I, I, I just, for whatever reason, there's I just something feels right about this Chiefs team right now. And I think the Bengals' offensive line issues worry me because they're they're banged up and they're losing guys. Um, the Bills, you you said it; they've been inconsistent. They've been up and down, and I don't know, I don't know if they can win these these three games here uh, and and make it to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to take the Chiefs, and you know what? I'll ride with the Eagles. Let's say the Chiefs beat the Eagles in this game. Um, I think at some point, at some point, Brock Purdy has to be Brock Purdy over the next month, unless he's just the next Tom Brady, which is probably unlikely. So at some point he's got to be Brock Purdy. And I think that's enough to get the Eagles to the Super Bowl. So I'll go chiefs over the Eagles. So you can do, I, I like these because you don't have to pick a winner. You can just do like Super Bowl matchups, what the odds are for that. Kansas city, Philadelphia Super Bowl is plus five fifty, So five and a half to one Kansas city, San Francisco Super Bowl is plus six fifty. And then again, like if you, I just, if you're, if you're betting on the chiefs to make the Super Bowl, I would do a backup bet on the chargers so that if the chargers upset the chiefs, it doesn't like ruin everything. It actually is like, okay, well now I have my upset thing. I just like this chargers, San Francisco is 35 to one on the odds of that Super Bowl pairing happening. And chargers Eagles is 30 to one on the odds of that Super Bowl happening. So I know you and I have both danced around the Chargers. We're not certainly the only people doing that. But, you know, take the Chargers with the top two seeds in the NFC, and that's your Super Bowl pairing. You're getting 30 and 35 to 1 as your odds. Yeah, the char- the Chargers are where the value is, right? Because the, the big three, the Chiefs, the Bengals and the Bills. There's not a, a ton of value on that. The Chargers are are kind of the the sleeper. They're they're where the value is and, and honestly if you took a Chargers future and you kind of played it smart along the way, you could kind of hedge it. So, yep. you know, like this Jaguars game, if you could figure out a way to hedge and then no matter what happens Saturday night, you end up a winner. Um, but I'm and, not and smart I don't think in the NFC, I, I don't think in the NFC, there's really much chance. I don't think there's any chance that somebody other than San Francisco or Philadelphia makes it. I don't think Minnesota is a real contender to get all the way through. I don't think Dallas is going to get all the way through Tampa. Tom's not going to put 
three games together like that. So I think you could pretty safely settle on Eagles or Niners and then maybe take some risk on the AFC side. All right, there we go. Our uh, playoff preview here, a little bonus pod on the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Uh, make sure you're a Football Insider subscriber, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. And of course, uh, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us five-star reviews uh, if you want to. Please, we love them. And also subscribe on Spotify and check out our YouTube channel, Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com. Search that and you'll come across our YouTube channel. Uh, for Mary Kay and Doug, I am Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody.